0: Welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell video slash podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and managing partner of Cordell and Cordell. As we continue this series, as it relates to all things divorce and COVID-19, each uh, day we're trying to cover different topics that affect guys across the country and across the world with our offices in the UK. And we have a repeat guest with us, as you've seen on our uh, national live webinar, Jason Hopper in California. Welcome, Jason.
1: Hey, Scott, thanks for having me back.
0: Yeah, glad to have you. Always interesting to hear kind of the latest on the ground in California. And before we get started, again, a reminder that this should not be taken as legal advice at all. I'm only licensed in Missouri, Illinois, and Georgia. Um, Jason is licensed in California and Indiana. But as you know, we have listeners and viewers from around the world, around the country. Uh, Each of your circumstances uh, have different sets of facts to which our recommendations, uh, our advice, Uh, our statements and our conversations would be different and they're unique. So again, this is more of a talking point just to kind of give you some ideas of what's happening, Uh, uh, encourage you to have a discussion with your attorney uh, to facilitate those talking points with them as well. So keep that in mind. Uh, Each week uh, we are going to address questions as well. So if you have questions when you're listening to this, submit those to coronavirus.divorce at cordelllaw.com, Coronavirus.divorce at CordellLaw.com, and we're going to try to devote at least one of these podcasts each week to just answering your questions, because I know listening and watching, uh, you have quite a few. So let's kind of jump right into it, Jason. You know, with the coronavirus, uh, among there are a multitude of issues that are affecting guys around the country, uh, especially they're in the middle of a divorce, they're pre-divorce, they're separated, post-divorce. It's, it's really a very unique situation for many to which you have one event affecting everything related to family law. So the one we want to talk about today really is guys out there who have lost custody, uh, meaning that they're either getting denied the opportunity to see their kids through a court order that's in place, a schedule, or there's no order and they don't know what to do. So really I think where I wanted to start with that is, Should guys be communicating upfront with their spouse, with their ex-spouse, with their girlfriend, if they're being either threatened, denied, or they are denied, uh, any types of visitation or custody?
1: Well, absolutely. You know, this is, as with any custody uh, issue, uh, we really emphasize the need to over-communicate and really over-document what your concerns are. it, as with any issue, it's easy for an opposing party to try to weaponize the situation. And, and we are seeing instances where uh, we're seeing kind of blanket uh, denials of time, or at least attempts to, to deny time, just solely based off of a, you know, low level concern of exposure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as with anything, you know, document your concerns. One thing that our courts have done a, a really excellent job of just in the past week or two are, are, are really developing local guidelines in most counties. So most of the counties that we regularly service, uh, we see some variation as to what the recommendations are, but in large part they are emphasizing, and in some instances have been made into local rules, which could be a contempt issue for not being followed, uh, that that just a, a blanket concern for COVID related um, exposure, that that's not in and of itself sufficient to deny time. Yeah. It, and really, it would have to be coupled with some other significant concern. Uh, and, you know, we, we haven't seen the, the end result of this yet. I mean, this is all these are all kind of new and unique uh, circumstances. But what I suspect will be the case is that if we have those instances where if we have a guy who either has an established visitation plan or even if there's not a court order in place, if there's been a status quo that's been established for some period of time. If if we're seeing an, an opposing party, a mom that's just unilaterally denying their time, you know, I do trust that there is going to be a day of reckoning, and quite frankly, there might be contempt remedies that are available with or without an existing order due to the existence of these local rules.
0: You know, I think you know, make a good point about all what's happening, and perhaps you said you know mentioned legitimate reasons. You know, I think what we're seeing is perhaps a hyper overreaction you know and not necessarily ignoring caution and safety and and legitimate reasonable judgment what you have is guys around the country being denied just because covid exists there's no underlying factors there's no symptoms in the house there's no uh, you know steps that guys are taking that put their kids at risk and so i guess that's you know begs a question about this communication about one being proactive And two, as you suggest, you know, making sure it's in writing. I think that's key too, because before we even talk about what the remedies are, you mentioned contempt. Uh, It's certainly about maybe talk to guys about what they should be doing and making sure they're communicating as we, we suggest, but what should they be saying? Should they be offering alternative dates? Should they be setting out, hey, here's what's going on in my household. There's no symptoms. Talk to guys a little bit about the steps that they should be taking.
1: Yeah. So, and this is actually a service that we provide uh, to many litigants either in in a consulting basis or in a kind of full scope representative basis. And that's really goes along the line of coaching. Um, If I found myself in a situation to where my time was being denied, I mean, it's easy to get very emotional and perhaps to put something in writing that, yeah, you're stating your concern, but maybe you overstate um, and and place a few, you know, well-placed expletives or things of that nature in there. So, one thing I do for a lot of uh, prospective clients in the course of the consultation or existing clients that have had, you know, have unfortunately gone through months or years of this type of uh, co-parenting with the other side is I might encourage them to let me kind of preview their communication, kind of filter out the, the extracurricular type of things and, and really focus on what the core concerns are. You know, things that you should be documenting if you find yourself in, the, in an unfortunate situation where you have a co-parent that is just unilaterally denying your time. You know, I would certainly refer to the county or jurisdiction that you live in, see if your county has issued a guideline, and copy and paste the link or the language of that language. You're placing that person on notice that, you know, there are guidelines in place as to how we're supposed to be dealing with this you know, maybe it's a situation where due to, you know, your child having some sort of pre-existing condition, or if one of you are an essential worker and there has been exposure and perhaps some of the concerns are a little more legitimate, you know, things that you can be con- considering and thinking through are what are alternatives to having visitation right now? Yeah, it's of course you'd want to have that visitation. And in, I'd say in the vast majority of instances, it's absolutely leg- legitimate and probably in your child's best interest to have that visitation. But if just due to the circumstances, we need to make some accommodations. Well, first and foremost, let's look at what your child's academic school calendar looks like in the following year. You know, maybe we're talking about swapping out um, time for the latter half of the summer. Maybe we're talking about if this isn't your year to have Thanksgiving or Christmas break, well, that's going to be substituted in uh, with a number of other uh, weekends uh, things of that nature when, you know, when hopefully this thing is, is is subsiding or is in the rear of your window. Making, all efforts of of what we call meet and confer in California, what that does more than anything is it, it if you find yourself in front of a judge, it it makes you appear to be the reasonable uh, parent, you know, the parent that's trying to troubleshoot, that's trying to present a child centered resolution. That's really what judges want to see. And if ultimately this turns into not just a you know a makeup visitation issue, but a, a custody modification issue, those are the types of uh, points that you can score, so to speak, to really um, accelerate and, and, and give you greater latitude in your ultimate custody uh, case in and of itself. Mm-hmm. More than anything, it's, it's knowing how to play the game. You know, this right. is unfortunately a game in a lot of instances. And, uh, you know, what we like to do with, with our clients is partner with them is to, you know, provide some guidance, be, be kind of the coach to help you navigate what can often be a minefield. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, come up with a good game plan as to how you're going to resolve it to your satisfaction.
0: Yeah. I think what guys need to understand, as you point out, um, is that they're they're victim and they're, they're not likely to change their spouse's mind or their ex-spouse's mind through this conversation, but to prepare. And it really is about positioning themselves if they need to go to court. Now there is, there's going to be a percentage of uh, parents out there on the other side that will be reasonable. That will say, okay, I'll swap out you know, an extra two weeks in the summer because you missed, you know, this during COVID-19. But I think what realistically is, is what we're advising them and recommending is taking these steps so that you can document uh, the evidence, document the conversations prior to going court so that you can say, look, judge, as you suggest in California, you're trying to be reasonable and trying to take the steps to meet and confer. And yet she still denied me. And I, you know, here's my case. I've got nothing. I've not been exposed. I haven't left the house. I haven't gone to work. I haven't traveled, you know, it's been over 14 days and I still have no symptoms. No, you know, there's no reason why I shouldn't have custody. And I think it is all about preparation and making yourself available, providing reasonable alternatives, as you suggest, and be cooperative. And, and most importantly, I know you can have these phone conversations, but let's make sure it's all recorded in writing subsequently saying, hey, just to confirm, uh, here's what I'm offering and here's what I'd like to have and try to be reasonable because if you are then judges will uh, certainly uh, look at it in a different perspective when you do go to court. And so when we talk about California, um, many guys out there think, you know, why waste my time? Courts are closed. There's not much I can do. Is there something they can do, particularly in California, in terms of emergency motions, whatever that may be that's available to them now to seek some relief if they've taken the steps that you've just outlined and still aren't getting anywhere?
1: So generally speaking, the answer to that question is yes. In nearly every county that I practice in, with very limited exception, um, the courts have adopted, you know, new local rules. Our just last week, our state supreme court issued um, a set of eleven emergency orders, um, and they, and about a month ago, they issued some guidelines that have been put, have been put in place. Mm-hmm. How that affects a lot of litigants is there has been instruction that's been made by our state supreme court to to really. Mm-hmm pump the gas on reopening the courts. What we expect is by May 1st, uh, we, in almost every jurisdiction and every county, we're gonna see some emergence of telephonic and or video uh, conferencing available in most courts. And so what that means is filing a motion now. So we've talked in weeks past and in and a lot of different uh, webinars and things of that nature about our emergency relief. That still remains available. The, the procedures on a county-by-county county basis vary, but almost across the board, if you have a true emergency, if it's something where, um, you know, what, what I'm finding is that, that courts are, are probably bro- are, are narrowing down the definition of an emergency, but if you have a, a, a true safety uh, and health issue, you can bring what's called an ex parte motion to where you can have a hearing within 24 hours. In most counties, what the judges are doing is they're ruling on the paper. Basically, what that means is you you put into writing in, a de- in the form of a declaration what the content of you, is of your concern, and you submit it, you give notice to the other side, and the other side has an opportunity within that 24-hour period to file a response. The judge will review your claims, the other party's response, and typically issue a ruling on the paper. And what that means is is you know your your right to have to go in front of a judge and, and state your claim on an emergency issue. Yeah, that's somewhat limited, but we don't expect those limitations to be in place you know for much longer. Mm-hmm. And with the counties that have already put in place plans for Zoom appearances or telephonic appearances, they're accepting filings now. And and so if it's not a true emergency. There is going to have to be some delay from when you seek relief to when you get in front of a judge. So if we are filing those motions now, we will get in front of the line, we'll get in front of the queue of what we think is going to be a a tremendous amount of litigation that might be uh, being set in May, June, July. Uh, So working with your attorney to prepare the appropriate paperwork, to prepare your appropriate declarations and getting it filed now really can give you that relief sooner than later. And what we think is that if you wait, if you say to yourself, well, the courts aren't open, There's really nothing that I can or should do right now. And let's say you wait until June 1st to file something. Well, you know, you might be at the back end of a backlog to where you might have a very legitimate concern, but you're not going to have your day in court until, you know, October, November, or December. So we we think it's really critical that if you have a situation where you just, you've you've gone, uh, you know, out on the branch to try to resolve it and you just can't get any type of reasonable response or any reasonable action from the other side. Yeah, now's the time to act. Now's the time to bring him before the judge. And, um, and, you know, time is of the essence is what we think.
0: Yeah, I think that's key to end there. When you talk about time is of the essence and now more than ever, uh, especially in our national webinar that we have every week, we talk about the importance of guys taking action now. Uh, You know, judges just don't want to see guys sitting around uh, and then come complain 90 days later. And say, well, what did you do in those 90 days? Well, I waited because I didn't think I could do anything. Well, the point is, is that we're telling guys now, at least have that consultation with the attorney. Know your rights. uh, Begin to strategize and prepare. uh, Know what steps you need to take so that you can uh, be prepared to go to court. And certainly, as you suggest, get on file now. I think that's key. Uh, Even if you can't get a hearing immediately, at least we get in line. uh, As the courts begin to slowly open up, I just can't imagine... Uh, The delay in trying to get some relief here. And so while others think the courts are closed, you should take action.
1: For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs
0: now. So as we think about this, you know, with guys losing their custody, uh, there's an article that's kind of making national headlines now about an ER doc where she had custody taken away from her. Um, Perhaps you can comment, because one of my reactions to that, Jason, and I want to hear your thoughts, was here we are where guys are being denied custody for the very reason that this ER doc mom is being praised for, and I get it. She's a frontline first responder, totally understand, but if the roles were reversed and a guy was the doctor, no way would anybody be praising him for for fighting to keep custody, they'd be saying, "Well, you're posing a risk to your child's life. And again, these it's this really inherent, unconscious bias again, that just comes to pop through. And these are the exact things where we're trying to fight in this in this instance where we have guys who are sitting at home and not endangering or have a job that endangers the health, safety, and well-being of their children. So maybe I just want to hear your thoughts about that that uh, you know briefly on that uh, recent headline. Um, where she lost custody.
1: Well, I would say more than anything, I mean, with any custody dispute, there's a story behind every custody dispute. And that, uh, you know, we're certainly, we're seeing, um, you know, a snippet of time in that family's uh, life. Um, we, we don't know, you know, what litigation preceded it. We don't know what litigation is yet to occur with it. Um, I would imagine that that judge has some history with those litigants to, to render what is really, in and of itself, pretty extraordinary, extraordinary relief. You know, what we're seeing across the country is we're seeing thousands of guys that are being affected by this, that are not getting, you know, that they're they're not even having their day in court to have those issues adjudicated. And unfortunately we're just seeing, you know, a unilateral decision by the other side. You know, that's why we think it's just so critical that you know, for, for guys out there to know that we're open for business, we're open to consult with you and really kind of guide you through what can often be a minefield, um, in dealing with these types of issues. You know, it's, yeah. you know, the best practice that we talked about again, are just, you know, get in with a good attorney over, over document, what your concerns are uh, have a good uh, record. You know, one other thing that, that I, that I didn't mention before as to uh, over communicating um, that's just the best practice in any type of custody dispute. If you have a bad actor on the other side, it's really easy to, you know, have have the events that occurred on March 1st, March 2nd, March 5th, March 10th, all kind of blend together. And for, you know, even in the best of circumstances where you find yourself in front of a judge, let's say six weeks later, if you just go in front of a judge and shrug your shoulders and say, well, you know, that my my opposing party's bad, that you know that's just a general statement. If you have some specificity that you've documented and you can say and refresh your memory, because you know if you if, if that's your life that you're living It all has a tendency just to blend together. Uh, So, you know, have some individual, like on on Monday we did X, Y, and Z, and this was the response that I received. Here's a copy of the email exchange or our communication app that that logged it. And then just two days later, the same thing happened. And then two days after that, the same thing happened. And now we have a trend with some specificity, and that's really what we find to be a best practice.
0: Yeah. And I think you're right. I mean, I think you know, making sure you follow those recommendations in terms of the specificity and not just the he said, she said. And I think when I talk about particularly and specifically about that um, latest incident with, you know, and I feel for that ER doctor, no doubt. They're doing, You know, she has an oath, she's following through her oath. But what I want to see throughout the country is the same outrage in her direction, and the same outrage should go in Guy's direction. And that is, no one's hearing about national news with probably millions of guys out there being denied custody probably for far less facts that we don't even know about and i think you rightly point out that we don't know the history with that that couple you know the judge probably knows it better we're not getting all the facts but it's making the absolute front page of every national network and 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 this is a classic example of why we're trying to get the message out to guys to take action now and to have your voice heard and to stand up for your rights because you're entitled to it, and let's have the same outrage. And we've been doing that for 30 years, is trying to demonstrate to the court system that you know equal outrage is okay. Um, so, lastly, to kind of close out on the topic, Jason, one of the things when guys are being denied custody, do you recommend that they reach out to their kids and have a conversation about you know why dad isn't being able to be around without pointing fingers? You know what I mean? So not blaming mom. Getting into that trap of parental alienation is that something they should be doing so that you know they're at least having communication, contact, and uh, touch base with their kids.
1: I think that's a good practice, but it's you know proceed with caution. You know, yeah. it's as with anything, a lot of this can be weaponized and used against you. And you know, to get, kind of get back to my prior point of. One great thing an attorney can do for you during this time, if if we let's say we don't have great options to adjudicate or litigate your issue in front of a judge. We can certainly assist you on a pretty expedited basis with tone and content of your communication. Mm -hmm. It's important for your kids, if you're being denied time, it's important for your kids to have some uh, frequency and reliability as to communication. It's really easy to uh, fall into the trap of well, I'm not seeing you today and it's because mom, you know, it's because of mom, she wouldn't let me do this. And we don't want to necessarily have that be part of the communication, but it is important to to, to have some age appropriate conversation with your kids yep. to, you know, to let them know, okay, th- this is still business as usual. You're safe. You're healthy. I still love you. Um, and if, you know, if, if let's say you have a situation to where the, the communications are really toxic with the other side or the other side uh, puts you in a position to where, no matter what your response is, they're gonna weaponize you know, option A or option B as to the response, working closely with an attorney to kind of filter down those communications and, and make them to where you're you know you're, you're affecting what you wanna affect, you're wanting your kids to know that you love them, uh, but you're not creating ammo for the other side to use against you is really critical.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's huge. I think it is you know, it is proceed with caution is a great takeaway to end this subject. And that is why it's more important or equally important, to make sure you contact your lawyer. Talk about the, the moves you're going to make, the things you're in, the communications, uh, and just have a check, you know, and make, let's make sure that what you're doing is in the best interest of your case, your kids. It doesn't hurt you. It only facilitates and helps you. So, Jason, again, as always, great great information, great uh, great thoughts on, a, on the subject matter. I appreciate you joining us again today.
1: My pleasure. look forward to talking to you soon.
0: Good, so again, that was kind of another recap of the latest issues uh, that we're dealing with uh, in divorce, pre-divorce and post-divorce as a result of this latest pandemic and COVID-19. You know, we're still open. Uh, If you have questions after listening and watching here and you wanna consult with an attorney, you can give us a call at 866-DADS-LAW or go online at cordellcordell.com and you can schedule an appointment virtually or telephonically. We also have in spot areas around the country, some in-person if you prefer that as well. Obviously, safety first and health first. We want you to consider those options, and we're going to give you those. But we are still open around the country and in the UK for consultations. Again, visit us at cordellcordell.com, 866-DADS-LAW. And don't forget to continue to submit your questions that you have at coronavirus.divorce at cordelllaw.com. Continue to check us out on YouTube. Stay, uh, tune in to our live webinar each Thursday. Looking forward to seeing you again. Until next time.